CJ Peterson, and welcome to The Journey is Real. We talk to real people with real passions who share a real portion of their hearts. Today, my guest is Stephanie Cannon, and her podcast is titled A Marathon, Not a Sprint. Thank you for coming on today, Steph. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and speaking with you, we talked about your passion for running. Why is this a passion? It's was actually something that I never enjoyed doing when I was younger, which sounds funny to say now, but I was definitely the kid in high school that hated when my PE teacher said we had to run the mile. So this was definitely not something that's been a lifelong uh, passion for me, but it feels like it at this point because I'm, it'll be eight years in January that I've been running on a regular nice. basis. But uh, I was a stay-at-home mom for a number of years and I distinctly remember running into somebody that I knew at, I think it was like the grocery store and they asked me how I was doing. And I was very quick to give answers about what my kids were up to and their developments and what they were doing and what my husband was doing at work. And I realized later after I went home that I didn't say anything about myself. Mm -hmm. It was all about, you know, other people in my life. And a lot of times women kind of, or stay at home dads too, that kind of fall into that group where it's like all about everybody but yourself. Yes, and that's that was a pretty big realization as simple of a conversation as it was with this person. Mm-hmm. I uh, realized, wow, I didn't really have anything to say about me. And I I don't have you know any accomplishments that I'm doing right now. My kids are accomplishment. That's not to take away anything from them. Um, and so it was around that point that I, started thinking I need something I need to have something that I do that's for myself that I can um be proud about and you know and and it's not even really a bragging thing it's just being able to say hey I accomplished this thing or that you know you did it for yourself yeah Mm -hmm. um so I happened to be at a meeting that was uh for moms (laughs) it was like a mom's meeting group and we would have speakers every now and then And one of them happened to be a local runner by the name of Justin Levine. And he had recently ran from, I'm in California. Mm -hmm. I'm in central California and I am um, about halfway between San Francisco and LA. And he had recently ran from central California to Los Angeles. And he talked about his journey and how he did that. (laughs) So that's that's quite a lot of distance. it's, It's a lot. It's definitely a lot. And so he uh, had a really, something that stuck with me is he said, if you're looking to do this, you know, not just run to LA, but to, to get out and run, mm-hmm. he said, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I'll do that next week. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll start tomorrow. Oh, I'll start next month after the holidays or after, you know, X thing is over with. And he said, why not today? Why right. not right now? And that was walking, walk fast, do something. Yes. Yes, exactly. So that's how it started. (laughs) Cool. Okay. Well, I know running gives you a lot of time to think. Um, I used to be a track runner in high school and I used to run in college. Haven't since, but you know, life happens. Um, But when I ran, I would, I'm ADD. So I'd always have music in my ears, but it's still because I am ADD allowed me to listen and process at the same time. And some things that were going on, it just gives you time to process your world around you and think and try to figure stuff out. So is that the same thing it does for you then? Oh, 
Big time. And I am, I'm also a comic writer. I'm a writer and creator. Mm -hmm. um, I have a content creation company called Insumetry Creations with my business partner, Matt Knowles. Okay. And so writing is another big passion of mine. Mm -hmm. And I take, I'm, I identify with that as well. <laughs> Which is, yeah, which is great. So you, you kind of get what it is, you know, you kind of get lost in it. It's some people that aren't long distance runners sometimes have a hard time wrapping their heads around the fact of, you know, how can you, you know, think while you're running, but you do just kind of zone out a little bit. I mean, when you're running for a little while, like when you first start, you're just trying to concentrate on breathing and not passing oh, out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And sometimes depending on the weather. Exactly. You know, and when you're, when you're, when you're in the move and you're in the groove and you're getting used to it, like in Texas, the heat is brutal. We get upwards of a hundred over a hundred easy. We're currently supposed to be in our winter time. And right now in November, when this is recording, we're still in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. So well, in my side is difficult. <laughs> in my area of central California, it's the same way. We're easily a hundred and upwards of 110. And mm -hmm. so I have to get really early <laughs> to run so that I can try to avoid that as much as possible. And we are also, like, unfortunately, the worst air quality in the nation. So <laughs> that, and I have asthma, so that makes okay. it a little bit difficult too. Yeah. And then you're just like, you're like praising for the days where rain is coming down where people would be like, why are you running outside? Because I can breathe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause the air is nice and clean and it's not, it doesn't feel like we're running through thick smog. <laughs> So you've got a lot on your plate. You've got two teens, you're a comic book artist, a business owner, you're an author. Um, can you please share your story with us? Because you have a rather unique story. So it kind of encompasses a lot of different things, but one of the interesting things that has come about recently, and by when I say recently, I mean kind of developing over the last year or so, is I grew up an only child. Mm -hmm. And when I was around 12 years old, uh, my parents sat me down and kind of explained to me that uh, I was conceived via a sperm donor because my dad had had cancer when he was in his early 20s and um, they were unable to have a child together. Mm -hmm. And they, I think they picked a really good age to tell me this because at 12, I kind of was like, okay, you know, <laughs> it wasn't really this earth shattering thing because my dad was my dad. He was the man who raised me. And that mm -hmm. was kind of, I went about my life and that was always how I, I viewed it. I never really and it didn't really change much for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I always kind of thought, you know, I probably have half siblings out there somewhere. And I wonder what the donor was like. And, and it was more of a, you know, what's the family, you know, the heritage side of it or their medical things. There was all these kind of little things that I always wanted to know about. I had a about that. How were you able to find out his identity? Because I thought that that was anonymous. Well, it is. <laughs> um, Unfortunately, in this this day and age, with the way that that technology is, it's it's pretty easy to find things out. And a lot of times, you know, back then it was in the '80s, it was kind of considered taboo a little bit. Um, you know, nobody really wanted to to say that they were kind of doing these types of things. It wasn't, I, I guess, taboo is not the right word, but it was kind of just this thing where you said, you know, we were we're going to do it, but it's going to be, you know, no, we don't need to talk about that very much. Um, so I did 23 and me and it's um, uh, probably where it connected. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard and I, I have a friend who actually his daughter found him through doing that yes. purely by accident. 
Oh yeah, and it's, um, yeah, and I have heard stories before of people that go on there just to do, you know, just just for the heck of it, not looking to find anybody and then they find, in fact, 23andMe will have you sign something that says, I realize that some of the things that I may find out might be shocking or, <laughs> you know, they kind of, because, you know, there's just, and it, and it runs the, the gamut too. I mean, it, you could, because they give you kind of some health information too. So you could probably find some distressing things out that way. But I immediately found several half siblings uh, that popped up, you know, right away when I got my results. Oh, wow. So it's because if you do it, you can, you know, say if I, you know, I, I allow other people to see, you know, their relation to me and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, I so started conversation. Only child to how many half siblings? Well, at the time there was, I think at the time there was maybe four or five that were on 23andMe, but to date, there are 11 of us. So I have 10 half siblings. <laughs> Holy cow. This yeah. has never been the same again. <laughs> no, when you go from only child to that many overnight, essentially, yeah, it's it's pretty shocking. But how do you process that? I was in shock for probably a good like three days, I think. <laughs> Even though I knew the possibility of knowing that I had, you know, siblings out there was very real. No thinking about that and actually knowing that it's the truth were uh two different things. So yeah, I was in shock. I was a lot of a huge blessing because uh, we're very fortunate that we all get along. We are all kind, intelligent, uh, talented people that have a lot in common. And so getting to know them has been a lot of fun. Very cool. I mean, wow, that would just be mind blowing. That alone would be a book. Yeah, yeah, that's what everybody says. They they say, yeah, you guys need to go on, you know, one of the morning talk shows or something and talk about <laughs> everything that's happened since then. Um, Have you had any contact with your dad? I know you mentioned the half siblings. What about your actual, not your dad, but your father, your birth father? So the father. donor um, <laughs> happens to be somebody that's pretty prominent in his field that has to do with uh, a lot of stuff related to that. So he's written a lot of papers and books, and that was why he, we matched with a cousin that was related to him, and that's sort of how we found him. Um, what does he say about suddenly having 11 children? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, um, we did, we, we all kind of did a lot of research about how to handle that kind of thing, mm -hmm. and found that there's actually a lot of donor-conceived children who are finding their donor dads or there could be you know donor moms because there are, are women who will donate their eggs as well um and they will send usually it's it's just a letter um that says and, and for all of us we all come from different walks of life different situations we just mo the majority of us just wanted to know you know a little bit of family history hey does cancer run in the family um where do we come from those That's types of important. things Mm -hmm. Yeah, none of us were really wanting, you know, a spot at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, when you send a letter like that, you know that it could go anyway. It could go positively, it could go negatively, or somewhere in between. And um, the response that we received, and I think too, because he is, he is a, a known person. He's prominent in the fields that he's in, um, caused him to kind of want to not pursue anything so um but we were all kind of 
emotionally prepared for that answer that even when you're emotionally prepared for that answer it's a little tough to hear sometimes I'm sure but you've got two parents that love you and that raised you and oh yeah and the the big takeaway from that is that I have 10 siblings now that I care about and I'm developing relationships with and you know it's it's just fun to see that's very cool so how do you juggle everything I mean, if if all of that was just on its own, that would be a lot to juggle. Like I said, you're a mom of two, you're an author, you write comics, you are a business owner. Yes. So, and you're a mom. So how do you juggle all of that? And okay, I got to ask, how did you process this with your kids? That was so the the that popped into my head. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's funny too, because they, um, yeah, they're used to, uh, not having cousins <laughs> and so to kind of, or aunts and uncles so to kind of sit them down and say and I'm it, it's good that they are the ages that they were if they were smaller I probably wouldn't say anything to them at this point I would wait until they were older because how do you tell a, a little kid you know that kind of thing and right. even my I have a my youngest is 10 almost 11 even he doesn't quite get <laughs> the concept just all yet about that mm-hmm. um but they're they're excited and they think it's really cool that mom has a whole bunch of siblings now <laughs> so um but as far as juggling everything I don't get a lot of sleep <laughs> but <Still> running <laughs> yes I do a lot of running and running is my sanity saver if I did not have that I think that I would have a much more difficult time dealing with things because when when it feels like it's difficult for me to juggle everything when I feel a little overwhelmed when it feels like okay how am I gonna get all of this done I wake up in the morning and I start my day off running which is always difficult especially this time of year even though we get hot here we get pretty cold too so now it's cold and it's dark (laughs) and it's it's, It's you know that's the kicker it's dark and it's dark long oh my gosh and this time of year is the time of year that drives me nuts because it's dark when I start my run and it's dark when I finish it and that after you can't even do it early because it's getting dark at like four and five o'clock. And- oh yeah, exactly. And you know, my day is is pretty much a typical work day. I get on, my business partner and I are on video chat all day long, you know, working on things, writing. My kids are doing their, you know, in this day and age, they're home doing school via Zoom. <laughs> so we're all kind of sequestered to our own rooms. And so that has been an interesting change to being home alone during the day when they're at school. (laughs) Um, But I thrive on being busy and having a lot to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what's the next goal? Okay, you know, and and kind of compartmentalizing them, breaking them down a little bit. But uh, as far as running goes, that's, that's kind of how I start my day. That's how I can get, and we were talking earlier about, you know, being in our head. I've written stories in my head while I'm running. And I do like to, I, I, I listen to music a lot. I listen to a lot of podcasts actually when I run too, uh, especially during the weekday when it's kind of shorter runs because I feel like it just sort of centers me a little bit, but I will kind of find that I haven't listened. <laughs> I haven't heard the last few things that were said because I've kind of drifted off and thought about, you know, X, Y, and Z things that I have to do for the day. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So. We mentioned author. Can you explain to those who are listening how that applies to you? So I am a different than me. (laughs) So we we like to say content creator because uh, that kind of encompasses a lot of different 
means of writing, but I am mainly a comic comic writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be a writer since I was about 10 years old. And, you know, life got in the way. That was the whole, you know, stay-at-home mom thing. And right around the time that I was thinking, okay, you know, running is a good thing that I can get into and, and um, you know, have that accomplishment to feel good. It was right around that time that I thought, yeah, you know, I, I would really love to pursue writing as well. I always wanted to do it. So I really kind of sort of fell into it. <laughs> um, I realized that some of the story ideas I had in my head, I love, I'm, I'm a big nerd. I love comics. Um, I've, you know, I haven't read them since I was a kid, but since I was a teenager, I've read them. So I realized, I mean, when we talked before we got on here that I'm part of a cosplay group. And so ours are like live action storyboards. Yours are more cartoon storyboards, but it's the same concept. Exactly the same concept. It's still telling a story in a visual, visual way. You have to actually be a little bit more creative to do the comic and the live action storyboard versus it's a different mindset for like yes. my novels, because my novels can go really in depth. They can go into people's heads. They can, you know, tell a story a different way than the comics, but the comics has the visual aspect to it. So that adds it to a different level. So they're, they're kind of equal, but they're two different ways of writing. Exactly. And with comics, they often say, um, you know, show, don't tell with the art. You want the art to show a lot of that. And as a writer, because I can't draw, <laughs> neither can my business partner. So we have to actually have artists come in. And the way a comic is created, there is a script that's much like what you would see with a movie script. Mm-hmm. It describes what's going on on the page. It breaks down the panels. And then the artist gets that and renders what it is that you have in your head. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's an interesting and different process but yeah you you have to really think about those types of things because as a reader you're going to be picking up this comic and you're going to be wanting to see something that's also visually appealing Mm -hmm. and to kind of put you into the scene exactly yeah so people who want to find you how do they find you online so the easiest way to find me we actually just revamped our social media and website presence. So the name of my content creation company is In Symmetry Creations. Mm -hmm. The website that kind of encompasses everything that we do as a team is insymmetrycreations.com. It's, yeah, it's I-N-S-Y-M-M-E-T-R-Y-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S.com. Awesome. We have a Facebook page that's facebook.com forward slash insim, I-N-S-Y-M. And then I have social media. I'm Steph Cannon writes on pretty much everything. I'm Steph Cannon writes on Facebook and Instagram. I think on Twitter, it's S Cannon writes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But we just the other day finished kind of getting all of our, our stuff. Cause there's the, you know, there's comics that I worked on before we teamed up and formed our LLC mm-hmm. and there's stuff that he's worked on. And so it's kind of a, a, a uh, you know, a cornucopia of stuff that is everything that we've created. Gotcha. Now on our, on your website, the Sym- In Symmetry Creations, is that where they can find all of your social media links and everything? 
Yes. Yeah. We've got all our social media links on there, email, uh, and, you know, any kind of, uh, way to, to see what we're up to and what I'm up to. Awesome. Well, we have about five minutes left. Is there anything you'd like to add? So, uh, aside from, you know, all the places that you can find me and, you know, we, we just released a, uh, trade, which is the collection of the, the, three issues that we did. We did a three issue series. Um, it was a medieval fantasy series. We launched that on Kickstarter and did really well. And uh, the trade is kind of just collects all the issues together into a single book. So you can find all that on our store. That's the newest thing that we have going on. There's going to be a lot coming up in 2021. Hopefully, as you know, I'm sure comic conventions have not been uh, painful. I've been missing them big time. Every oh, time we missed them. Like four or five scheduled for this year and they just kept canceling on us and it was just like yes. each one was like a gut-wrenching experience I'm like oh no I miss my con people oh my gosh it's the same way for us and we were going to go to in fact we were going to go to um Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle in March right when everything happened and so that got canceled it's just kind of been slowly trickling so the hope is that there will be some live appearances and shows in 2021 I mean we're, we're kind of all hoping that we can go back to that I mean, and, virtual is okay, but actually going to a con is a totally different experience. You could it, actually, it is. When it you're is. standing beside the character, you know, yeah. and there's some, I mean, they get creative. One of them was like nine feet tall. He was walking around on stilts the whole day. We, was, yeah, we've definitely seen characters like that before. And it's, it's just kind of fun. And it's, you get that, I think the face-to-face -face interaction that you get with people, fans that come up to our table is, is you can't replace that completely with anything else. Yep, I was gonna say that. Um, it's so, completely in whatever. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're replaceable experience. You just making the most of it. Yeah. So, and you have this. People don't understand the Comic Con high. You know, when you're done because you've met all of these people, and sometimes the stars just walk around, and that's oh, yeah. what's cool about it is oh yeah to it as the people who are attending. So when you can literally talk to people or some of the um, Comic-Con people, the, the cosplayers, you know, when you can literally talk to them, it just adds to the experience. And you're on such a high that when you go the next day, you have like we call the Comic-Con hangover. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh gosh, it takes us days to recover sometimes from all of that. And you're on all day long talking to people. But uh, yeah, we've had some fun experiences where we've been able to hang out with people that were in Mandalorian and, uh, you know, Flash Gordon and, you know, so it's Star Trek and Star yeah. Wars and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, it's a wild experience. So anybody who hasn't gone to them, I mean, I honestly would say just do one, you know, once you do, <laughs> once you do one, you're not going to go back out. You need, you, it's going to be like an addiction. You'll be like, okay, when's the next one? And I've done everything from San Diego Comic-Con all the way down to, you know, little tiny one-day shows in malls. And they all are fun and interesting in their own ways. Mm -hmm. They're just, they're a blast. And you get oh, yeah. so many different creative people like yourself. Yeah. Who are artists. Uh, one of them, we had a 3D artist who came. And for those who can't see it, I'm holding up a baby Groot and a baby Mandalorian, baby the child. Mm -hmm. baby Yoda and it was a 3D thing and they're only $15 a piece and they're about mm, three to four inches tall and they're not breakable so I mean yeah who they are but they're not as breakable as you would think but they created them on a 3D printer and painted them 
and it's just different things that they had on their table were like cutouts and made with lights making like light shades out of them and there's it's crazy what you can do with a 3d printer (laughs) but then there are there are artists like yourself and i have one on my wall that's of the three doctors in the day of the doctor yeah doctor and it's just the stuff that people come up with the creativity is just mind-boggling some of the some of the cosplayers a friend of mine had these wings because she was like a female loki right yeah and her wings basically she had marks on her shoulders and because they were so heavy by the end of the day but to come up with the creativity they were literally made of feathers and it's just like it's oh it's it's insane the creativity and we have some we have some really good cosplay friends i mean i was telling you before i think that we were on the air we one of our titles is, is a steampunk title so we're always in some kind of steampunk uh cosplay when we're at our booth and on shows and you know just kind of around but it's kind of evolved over over time i've kind of gone away from just corsets and wanting to do so we try to try to tweak it in different ways but we have a lot of cosplay friends that do both steampunk and just you know, anything and the, the creativity and the things that they come up with, we've just seen some wild things that, you know, it doesn't, and you don't even need, it doesn't even need to be expensive. We have a friend who gets all of his stuff from thrift stores and he has a garage full of cosplay items that he's just picked from, you know, Goodwill or wherever else and made amazing costumes out of them. Yeah, the creativity is crazy. But I'm sure that that inspires you too when you get to go to them because you see all the different things around you and it probably triggers stories in your brain. Oh yeah, being around other creative people in general always helps feed that inspiration to, you know, and it could be the smallest thing too. And, uh, you know, my business partner, Matt, and I often say, we will say one thing and it could just be a general sentence and we go, hey, wait, Hey, that, we could go somewhere with that. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just a little spark that's all you need. And that's just from being around somebody else that's creative, being around creative people. And you just kind of feed on that. And the, the thing I think we could take away from all of this is with the many different aspects that we even talked about today is that life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, don't kill yourself to get stuff done. Make sure to take some time for yourself, whether it's running, writing, painting, drawing, whatever creativity outlet that you can come up with, you know, center in on that, make sure to take care of yourself as you're going through it. Um, Because like I said, you processing all of a sudden having 10 siblings would be like, holy cow. Oh yeah. On top of all the creativity just to pull out everything else. And so, you know, take the time, you know, like I said, whether it's running, writing, drawing, even musical instruments, whatever it is, creative wise that you can do people like well I'm not creative no everybody's creative with something absolutely absolutely and it's about finding whatever it is that you can be passionate about and kind of like how we've spoken through this whole thing running is not for everybody I get that I know there's a lot of people that would say I could not be passionate about that at all I hate running (laughs) I used to say that too I just I'm running somebody's chasing me and you better run faster (laughs) because that's that's what I used to say I'm gonna (laughs) move that's exactly what I used to say. But for me personally, it's, it was, it was the one thing that could ground me, start my day off, right. Uh, make me feel accomplished, give myself goals. I went from trying, you know, 
being happy that I could run for two minutes straight. And I've ran now I've ran two full marathons and 17 half marathons, I think. Nice. Yeah. So it's, it's all about finding something that can ground you and, and, and kind of um, get your, your head in the right place Mm -hmm. to do whatever else it is you need to do on your day to day. Awesome. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your heart and sharing your story. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. For those who are interested in finding out more about Stephanie Cannon on her various, um, what's the word I want? Creativity outlets. Yes. <laughs> you can find her on insymmetrycreations.com. It's I-N-S-Y-M-M-E-T-R-Y-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S.com. That's correct. Thanks you guys for listening to The Journey is Real, where we talk to real people with real passions who share our real portion of their hearts. I'm CJ Peterson of cjpetersonwrites.com. Until next time.